I'm just here so I won't get fined. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! It's got to be one of the dumbest calls offensively in Super Bowl history. Are you kidding me? So, October means playoff time in the baseball, and there is much focus on the Chicago Cubs. In 1908, Teddy Roosevelt was president. The Ford Model T had just rolled off the assembly line, and the Cubs won the World Series, a feat they have very famously not managed since. They've come close in recent times, and not least 2003 National League Championship Series against Florida Marlins. They went all the way to Game 7, and it ended in the same old way for the Cubs. 95 the number of years they have waited to go and win a World Series. The stars were aligned, but Beckett and the Marlins shut out the Cubs in Game 5. They scored eight runs in an improbable eighth inning last night to beat Mark Cryer. In the air, left field. And the Florida Marlins have come back from three games to one down to win the National League pennant. So that's kind of how it tends to go for the Cubs. We've got Ron Rappaport on the line, uh, former Chicago Sun-Times columnist. Good to talk to you again, Ron. It's a pleasure, Joe. How are you? Very well. So they tell me this is their year. Oh, golly. The poor little (laughs) Cubs, you know. Every time something good happens to them, they bring up Steve Bartman, they bring up 1908, you know, all this terrible history, and they'd love to be able to put that behind them. Oh, yeah, this is the year, but so was 2003, so was 1984. You know, they've had some good teams over the years, as you say. Now, having said all that, this is clearly the best team they've had in a long time. This is the best team in baseball by a long shot. Joe, they won 103 games. That's more than 40, I think 43 games over 500. They're, they've been the best team since opening day. They've mm. just been fabulous. Yeah. They've got everything. They've got hitting. They've got power hitting. They've got wonderful fielders. They've got good young players. The pitching has been fabulous. So this can only mean that they're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> If you're a Cup fan, you've got to be waiting for the roof to fall in on you. And the players would love to say, hey, that wasn't us. You know, we weren't there in 2003. Yeah, but the fans were, and if the fans weren't, their parents were and their grandparents were. That's what it means to be a Cub fan in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, There's a reason maybe for hope, and I wanted to talk to you about 42-year-old Theo Epstein. he's He's a name we've been hearing about for some time now. In 2002, obviously, he became the youngest GM in the history of Major League Baseball when the Red Sox hired him at the age of 28. And they very famously won the World Series in 2004, their first in 86 years, and the curse and all that business. And they won it again in 2007. And so, what, five years ago now, Theo Epstein arrived at the Cubs desperate to break their 100 gazillion year curse. Tell us about Epstein, because everything I've ever read about this guy makes him sound so, so impressive. Well, he's sort of the epitome of Moneyball, you know, statistics and computers and and uh, being as much a manager of the team, basically, as Joe Madden, because they consult, if not, uh, Madden must defer sometimes to the lineup, depending on who's pitching and the, which way the wind is blowing and whose horoscope is high, you know. So Epstein is very much the... Um, 
the uh, uh, the epitome of Moneyball. Did you know that his father and his uncle wrote Casablanca? Wow! You know, here's looking at you, kid. There's a little, little fun fact there. Uh, yeah, I saw. I saw. <laughs> I saw his father was a Rhodes Scholar and had written eleven fiction books. Uh, he's, yeah. he's intelligent. Joe Madden, the club manager, said. You know, he was asked about Epstein and he said, just has ridiculous intelligence, has this crazy ability to take a situation and reduce it so quickly into its simplest form and then give you the options that make the most sense. And Well, there's no question that he's done a big job for them because when he got there, they were awful. Right. And they struggled through some awful years. But he's built this team and here it is. And for his trouble, just a couple of days ago, they gave him a new five-year, $50 million contract. Hmm. I mean, you think maybe there'd be a bonus if they actually went to the World <laughs> Series and won it? Yeah. Having said all this... They've got to win a five-game series against either San Francisco, which has won the last three World Series that were played in even-numbered years, 2010, 2012, 2014. That may mean this is their year. Or the Mets, who, of course, were the the, the storied team that ruined their best chances in 1969, which is the best chance they've ever really had to get to the World Series because they were so far ahead through much of the season. So the Cubs fell apart and the Mets came on like gangbusters. So there's a lot of history there. A Mets-Cubs five-game series would be extremely interesting, again, because Cub fans know their baseball history all too well. And they'll be hearing about the curse of the, if it's the Mets, the black cat and, you know, all the bad things that happened to them around Sano clicking his heels in 1969. The poor Cubs, the better they get, the harder it is for them to get away from their history. Yeah, because last season, I remember we spoke to you and about the curse and everything, and they were excellent in the regular season last year, and they've been better again this year. And, and Epstein has been very forceful about the fact that they are going to get there. Like, there's no curse, there's no issue. They are simply going to get there. And it's interesting you mentioned the sabermetrics point, because... He was asked about that recently and he was talking about how, the, you know, he, he doesn't himself feel like he's completely wedded to it. Like he said he will, in the draft room, spend more than half the time talking about the person rather than the player, the person's background, the person's psyche, habits, what makes them tick. Well, that's the latest thing in baseball now. They're talking about character. Right. You know, this, what, kind of a, what kind of a person he is. This is something that comes up once in a while. And it's easy to say when you're... You know, a shoe in, when, you, when you've made the playoffs already, that, yeah, we have character guys. Mm. It's, it's sort of like, um, uh, but if your team is not as good, maybe you're looking for guys that can hit the ball and you don't care so much about whether they're nice to their mother. Uh, but, you know, so he, Epstein's entitled to say whatever he wants to say. Right. His, his, the team's record speaks for itself. They're, they're, just, they're just doing extremely well. And maybe they do have character guys, and but I, I think... If you, when you, if you really want to look at it, what you really want to look at is four pitchers with more than 15 wins and two batters with more than 100 RBIs, and and um, that you know, and when you've got a team like that, when you've got performances like that, that makes for a lot of character. Mm. So, do you feel the Epstein thing is is the hype is too much? Oh no, I think he's absolutely entitled to right. what he's done. There's no question about it. Here's another thing that's going for them. You mentioned that they were in the playoffs last year. Yeah. And 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 they, they, they were terrible. Uh, my, the funniest thing about it was they played the Mets, and not for one minute in the five games did they lead. Did they have a lead? 
So now the Mets beat them, swapped them three games, because that's all they were. They never led in any of the games. Then the Mets went on to play Kansas City in the World Series. The Mets fell behind on the first pitch. Somebody hit an inside-the-park home run. But the Cubs have been there now. Their young players have had a taste of playoff tension and playoff excitement. Mm. It's very different. The playoffs are different from the regular season. But so they shouldn't be awed. They shouldn't be overawed this time. They should have a feeling for what it was all about. And that's the question is whether they can build on their pretty awful experience in the playoffs this year and take it to the next level. That's that's extremely important. If they get past that first playoff series, it'll be the first series that they've won in all these years, that should give them some confidence going into the championship series and then perhaps the World Series. Traditionally, what's the relationship like between the Cubs fans and the team? Golly, love affair would be too mild. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the Cubs, the Cubs fandom is kind of like a religion. It's passed down to you from father and grandfathers and so on. The way your religion has, you will hear people say, "I'm a Cubs fan because my father was a Cubs fan and his father was a Cubs fan." Same thing with the White Sox on the other side of town. Yeah. It's like you've you've been handed your fandom and you have to live with it. And when you think about all the suffering through all these years, and now they're in sight of the mountaintop, that makes the religious aspect of the fervor even greater, it seems to me. Mm. I, I, I've only heard wonderful things about uh, watching a game at Wrigley Field. Well, there's nothing quite like it. In the Fenway Park or the last two ballpark standing, Dodger Stadium, is the third, you know, which was built in the 60s, is the third oldest ballpark in, in the major leagues. Right. And frankly, I think Fenway is kind of a dump. When you, when you, get, if you get bad seats up under the, the stand, up under the, uh, you know, the, the overhang, for instance, when you're down below, it's hard to see. Whereas Wrigley Field is rightfully a jewel box. There, jewel box. there are no bad seats. Right. You can sit, uh, the bleachers are their own reward. That's something else. But you can sit in the farthest, highest seat, way up in the second deck, and you're closer to the field and, and looking down on the field than you are in a good seat in some of the newer stadiums. Right. It's just a fabulous place with all that history. What's the capacity at Wrigley Field? Only about 40-some thousand, right. you know. Of course, now they could get 400,000 in for these games. <laughs> last year, I just read a stat, that last year um, that, they, that they were selling tickets for the championship series, the one they didn't make. Yeah. People were paying $3,000 on StubHub. Wow. You, you know, they had, to give, they had to give all the money back because the games weren't played. Yeah. But I imagine that the secondary market now uh, must be... I wouldn't be surprised. Somebody, if you told me that it was $10,000 for a good ticket, I wouldn't be surprised. You see, if you're a Cubs fan, you can't not be there in case they do it. Well... Yeah, you kind of do. People like to come in from around the country. There are Cubs fans everywhere, and a lot of them are writers. So if the, if the Cubs make it to the World Series, you'll be reading a lot of learned treatises <laughs> from people who who's, who's, uh, are arts writers and political writers and you know that kind of stuff. It happened in, in 2003 when I was in Chicago. All of a sudden... These writers, uh, uh, you know, famous politicals would show up because either they'd gone to Northwestern or they'd grown up in Chicago or something. Mm -hmm. And they'd been through all the terrible times. And now they were going to give you the benefit of their expertise in in, in a literary kind of way. It's kind of fun. Mm. Um, I guess Chicago will be a fun place to be if they actually win the World Series. I mean, can you imagine? Yes, 
But if I were a member of the Chicago Police Department, I'd be dearly hoping that they won the World Series out of town, <laughs> one of the American League cities, because it, it could get pretty wild, you yeah. know. I mean, there, there could it, there could be some kind of craziness going on. Mm-hmm. It will be if they win in, you know, Baltimore or an American League city too, Cleveland. But it wouldn't it wouldn't be quite the same as if it were in Chicago. You have to remember that that the area around Figley, Wrigley Field will be wild. People that can't get in will go down to the bars. Uh, all around it, yeah. and there are many of them, and the streets will be closed, and it'll be a wild scene unto itself. Mm. So it won't be just the ballpark that'll be going nuts. There's a big, um, a big screen, a big kind uh, of television set that, that will be showing it uh, right outside the ballpark. And of course, they'll be in all the bars and stuff. So it's going to be pretty crazy inside the ballpark and out. Yeah. Well, listen, we're hoping they do it, Ron. If they make the World Series, we'll get you back on and get a sense of what it's like. Okay. okay deal. Yeah, you know, I just wish you could get me tickets. Huh? <laughs> uh, thanks a million. Good luck. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Ron Rappaport there, uh, former Chicago Sun-Times columnist, uh, Chicago Cubs. Brilliant in the regular season, trying to close the 108-year gap. We'll follow that story for sure on uh, US Sports and right across the show. So, next up, we've got League of Ireland on the way and uh, some uh, very nice hurling talk to bring you as well. Moving Ireland's dial. Call News Talk on 1890 453 106.